It's currently 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The date is Wednesday, January 24th in the sixth year of the Age of the Blood Forest, and you are listening to KBFR. This is Blood Forest Radio. the sites of rigid first dates, underpaid labor and overpriced food with portions enough to kill a rhino, all to the sounds of strangers eating. Listeners, if you're old enough to remember a time before the Blood Forest, you remember restaurants. Ah, restaurants. I never missed them. But a new place has opened up this morning in the former site of a Sunset Village condo, since cleared by the BFRB of last month's unnameable infestation. And I can't imagine what they'd be serving given the shortage of food, but who knows? Maybe it's some apocalypse preppers who got sick of Twinkies and canned ravioli and emerged to pass them off as novelty cuisine. Maybe it's an aging master chef trying to relive his five-star glory days before the end. Or more likely, it's just Canada Steve was an offshoot of his rebranded Endpocalyptic Goods for the Endpocalypse Endporium store, which I am obligated by contract to mention at least once. Speaking of contracts, intern Tammy's on her way to the restaurant, so we'll be hearing more about that soon enough. First, though, let's have some news. The Bone Pact Militia, in accordance with their ancient and storied charter, is launching its annual Give Harder campaign. In the spirit of the season, they're donating gently used weapons, armor, explosives, and severed appendages to the Little Rainbow's orphanage, objects that they insist on referring to as toys. It's in the interests of the Bone Pact Militia to ensure that the next generation is raised with the requisite levels of bloodthirstiness and savagery that these dangerous modern times require, said a Blood Pact Militia spokeswoman who goes by the name Face Puncher Grunt Punch. Hopefully, with our help, these orphans can be converted into the flesh-rending monsters that they were always born to be. When it was pointed out that the holiday season was over, like, a week ago, Miss Gruntpunch said that she was unaware of that fact, as the Bone Pact Militia only has one calendar and, due to a clerical error, it has 13 months, including the 49-day 11 and a half month, November. Turns out I was half right about that Master Chef thing, but the reality is arguably less romantic. There are some former culinary workers at this new quote-unquote restaurant, but as Tammy informs me, they're not so much aging masters as they are former fry cooks 
from a pre-apocalypse steak and shake. They've dubbed the place Bloody Mess. Appetizing. Listeners, you might not expect someone in my current circumstance, what with the impenetrable fortress on Telegraph Hill, to be like them, a former fry cook. But I did my time in the grease warrens of Uncle Abe's burgers. Every morning after a shift, I found a film of congealed fat along my hands, forearms, and face. My eyes yellowed with the vapor and smoke of the stovetops, and my nails blackened. I could taste burger in my own breath, smell it in my nose. It was like working in a coal mine. No matter where I went, the residue of my job and all its ailments followed me. Unlike the others, I didn't get brown lung or a chronic case of the porks. I was lucky. Anyway, why they would want to go back to their shitty minimum wage jobs, now with no wage, I can't imagine. Let's move on to a letter for now. Hey man in the tower, why do you still have interns in the sixth year of the Age of the Blood Forest? Wasn't slavery outlawed years and years ago? I expect better of you. Man, one little interstellar spore impact and the whole world changes for the worst. Tammy, get out of there. Stop your labor from being exploited. At least get some minimum wage. Minimum wage again seems to be the theme of the night. Look, I may give Tammy shit, but she's not some doe-eyed oaf just out of college. She's a grown-ass woman who can make her own choices, which, in this case, is spending one-third of her time in a walled and defended compound, and the other two-thirds in the field, working for me. And as for minimum wage, exploited labor, yeah, yeah, capitalism died along with currency, so wages aren't really a thing anymore. She eats, alright? Speak of the devil. Tammy informs me that, on top of Canada Steve selling the usual garbage, can I say that? Um, is that in my contract? Oh. Uh, on top of selling the usual high-quality garbage, Canada Steve is trying his hand, or tongue, as a food critic. Of this new establishment, he has this to say. 11 points. Somewhat better, perhaps, than McDonald's. I'm surprised that last word made it through translation, and the jury's out on his scoring system, but we'll call it positive for now. As a matter of fact, the only other establishment that could possibly be considered a restaurant, Dave's Food Hole on Battery Street, has just sent me its menu for the coming week. It is as follows. Monday. Brown soup with a side of chunks. Tuesday, miscellaneous pie with a side of chunks. Wednesday, flesh tacos with a side of chunks in gray sauce. Thursday, slightly browner soup with a side of chunks in dark gray sauce. Friday, chunk surprise. Saturday, uncanny casserole with a side of arborio rice pilaf and potatoes au gratin in chunk sauce. And Saturday, chef's choice. If you want my advice, stay away from the restaurant on Friday. In my experience, chunk surprise is mostly chunks. What are the chunks made of? Well, that's the surprise. Tammy's just got to look at the kitchen, and it's all blood forest crap. God, 
It cannot be pretty. She's feeding me the scene right now. Actually, poor choice of words. She's describing the scene. The pustules of the corpse root, the eye stalks of giant river snails, the shavings of a crust tree. This has to be legal under some BFRB regulation, right? It's all being battered and thrown into the fryers, baked in the oven, seared on the skillet. Tammy just asked them about their methods, and it turns out they brine everything to sanitize it. We'll see if that holds up to a taste test. Canada Steve lived to make it out the door, at least. And Tammy, I ask you to do a lot, but I won't ask you to try a single bite of any of that. Just observe the other customers for now. And now, just for shits and giggles, let's go to another letter. Hey, Tower Guy, I'm not sure you're aware of this. There have been rumors about ghosts in the Blood Forest, or zombies, or something, whatever you want to call them. I know, I know, it sounds crazy, but hear me out. I'm a watchman stationed on the Market Street Gate the main point of defense against the Blood Forest, and I've seen people wandering out there. Ordinarily, I would just think it's another prank by that gang of orphans led by that girl Honeybean. But these aren't kids. They move through the forest silently, making no sound, and even though they're far away, I think I recognize them. Am I going crazy? Or is something going on out there? Hmm. Night watchman getting spooked by ghosts, you say. Well, if you want my advice, if one of the ghosts is your dead father and it tells you to kill your uncle and take back the throne of Denmark, don't listen to it. That never works out well. Tammy informs me that the BFRB has arrived at Bloody Mess to inspect the restaurant and join her in observing the diners for any adverse effects. Nothing so far which is in line with a few things we already know about the Blood Forest to review. First, ingesting Blood Forest spores doesn't kill you, zombify you, or do anything that bad that we know of. If it did, we'd all be long dead. The only way the Blood Forest can hurt us is to get in reach of any of its horrid, undulating ilk. So far, diners seem oddly happy about all this. Tammy sent me a few menu items. There's scalp clams, dread pears, seared ground crackler, filet of devil's lip, chestworm souffle, grundle chungus, even deep-fried head stealers. Wow, from this distance, that almost sounds appetizing. I'm not convinced it's safe, but if not, it shouldn't take long for us to figure that out. At least the customers of Bloody Mess can die, as its namesake, with a full stomach. Listeners, in the calendar we used in the before times, it would, by now, be the end of an old year and the start of a new one. Now, these days, the old calendar doesn't have much meaning. The years in the age of the Blood Forest begin and end on the day that the meteor came to Earth, bringing with it the spores of the Blood Forest and heralding the end of the world. So, no matter what the calendar says, it is still the sixth year of the Age of the Blood Forest, and it will be, until Meteor Day comes around once again. 
but Meteor Day, just like January 1st, is completely arbitrary. It's just a random point on the Earth's orbit, chosen by convention and bearing no intrinsic meaning. We don't move in a line after all, just a circle. And you measure a circle starting anywhere. So, even though it still technically isn't yet, I feel like I should take this opportunity to say to you all, Happy New Year. May your next 365 days be slightly less shitty than your last ones. And remember, I'm not saying goodbye. I'm just saying good night. Blood Forest Radio is written by Ian P. Johnson and Daniel Lindsley and performed by Ian P. Johnson. Music for this episode was provided by Tim and Derek Hammersley. Have any pressing questions you need us to answer? Send us a message at letters at bloodforestradio.com and we'll see if we can't answer it. Letters may be edited for content and clarity, but you know. Also, we have a Facebook. Check us out there. And if you like the show, leave a review on iTunes. We'd like to hear if you're listening. The fear of the day is alectorophobia, the fear of chickens. 